So there's a Zen story that uh, popped up when I was reading through some of my old files. It goes something like this. Um, There's an old man, I guess this takes place in China, and he's living out in the country and his horse runs away. And so then um, his neighbors come by and say something like, wow, man, that's too bad that, that your horse ran away. And the old man says, maybe. Maybe not. And then a couple days later, his horse comes back and brings with it like 20 wild horses. And so, of course, the neighbors see this and come by and say, hey, man, that's awesome that you're, you got all these new horses. And the old man says, maybe, maybe not. And then a couple days later, his son is out uh, trying to tame one of these wild horses and gets thrown off the horse and, you know, really badly fucks his leg up. And then, uh, of course, the neighbors come over and say, hey, that's too bad about your son's leg. And, uh, you know, the old man says, maybe, maybe not. And then finally, the uh, someone from the military comes by a couple days later and they're conscripting uh, young men to go up and and uh, to the front lines in some war and uh, be used as sacrificial lambs, basically. And they, they come by to grab the son, but then they, they see that his leg is all messed up, and so they pass him over. And then uh, that's where the story basically ends. Um, and obviously the, the moral of the story or whatever is that all these things that preceded it that seemed bad or seemed good we're all leading to this, this final thing where, um, you know, the son's life is basically spared. I don't know, but what, what occurred to me is uh, it just seems an arbitrary point to end the story. I mean, that story can go on indefinitely. What if, you know, the next chapter of the story, you know, so the neighbors come and say, Hey man, that's great that your son got passed up for the draft. And now, you know, he doesn't have to go and get killed. The old man could say, maybe, maybe not. And then uh, a couple days later, the, the, the son's leg gets infected and, and he dies. Uh, if that were the next chapter, so what? then what does the old man say when the neighbors come over? Hey, that's, that's too bad your son's dead. I mean, what? he's going to say maybe, maybe not. You know, so it, it just kind of breaks down there for me, you know. I'm imagining what's the final chapter is, you know, that the old man like slaughters all his horses and burns down his house with him, him in it. So, I mean, maybe, I mean, that's obviously not, you know, as inspirational a way to look at that story, but, um, this is how my brain works. And, you know, I've been accused, I think my wife certainly points out that I tend to focus on these morbid scenarios or I'm, at least lately I've been focused a lot on aging. You know, I'm always thinking about, you know, getting older and I see so much of my life in terms of that. Um, I'm very aware that I'm 45 years old and what, 
what that means. And it's frustrating. I mean, I get frustrated with myself because I don't want to be thinking about that shit all the time. And I mean, I'm not thinking about it all the time, but, uh, you know, when I was in my 20s, I think I had more death awareness than most people. I thought about death and, uh, you know, mortality and these things a lot more probably than my peers. And I think back then people thought maybe I was a little morbid. I always looked at that as a good thing that it, uh, you know, as an existential exercise, it sort of pushed me to, you know, be more in the moment and appreciate things uh, a little bit uh, differently. But now that I'm older, um, I mean, there's just a different perspective. Uh, I certainly, I think there's still some of that where, you know, I could be thinking about uh, how many years I have left on this planet and it makes me less complacent. And so then, you know, thinking about aging and whatnot could be seen as a good thing or keeping some awareness on it at the very least. But there's that fine line between uh, slipping into uh, obsessing about something or being unnecessarily negative. But um, so anyway, the Zen story I I discovered as I was going through my files, I'm, I'm still chipping away at working at this book that I've been you know, chipping away at and mostly ignoring for the last 15 years. And I'm, I'm gaining a little momentum here because I'm in the middle of winter break between semesters of graduate school. And, uh, you know, so it's obviously it's self-reflective in a sense because I'm looking at all these old files and, and the novel is, you know, semi-autobiographical basically. So I'm going through a lot of my past things and past struggles. And so it's going to have that that vibe to it where you're you're sort of thinking about not only this particular story but the story of you know my own life basically and you know where where it ends i mean there was another podcast episode where i I think i harped on this a little bit where you know you when you when you think of the ending of your personal story as dying it kind of ruins things a little bit because no matter what you accomplish, uh, you know, a best-selling novel, you do tons of albums, you do this and that, you realize every one of your dreams, it just seems like so much is defined by those last few chapters, where if you're lucky, you're super old, and you're experiencing loss and decay and decline very intensely for the last decade of your life, and, and then you croak. And, uh, you know, coming to terms with that, knowing that that's, again, best case scenario, that's the ending for everybody. Well, how does that, how does that affect the rest of the story or, you know, the chapter that you're currently writing? And I can't say that, you know, I know the answer to this. This is all part of why I, th- I guess I, I'm obsessing constantly about the stage of life I'm in. Um, but a th- one th- another thing about being 45 is you... You know, you have some perspective now on sort of, you know, what became of your mentors or your heroes back when you were in your 20s. You know, when you're in your 20s, life is just infused with the sense of potential and what's going to happen and um, the future. And, you know, you have different people that inspire you. Uh, and now a lot of those people, whether they're artists or 
uh, musicians or authors or whatever, I can sort of see wh- where they're all at now. And mostly it's pretty depressing. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I know, say, with someone like Henry Miller, who was, you know, a major mentor of mine. I mean, he was already dead before I got into him. So I sort of knew how his story ended. And, you know, of course, you know, he he did have the best case scenario. He lived to be an old man, about 89 years old. And um, incredibly, you know, there's a lot of footage uh, that you can find of him on YouTube in various places. And there's there's one very poignant um, clip that he appears to be right at the end, maybe maybe even on his deathbed and he's being interviewed. And it's sad in a sense because you see this old man who's sort of facing the end and, and you read stories about how different people were sort of, you know, hangers on or taking advantage of him at the end and so forth. But when you watch this, I mean, it's still pretty inspiring. I mean, the guy has still got it. You know, he's still heading the gong. Um, he's still open and alive. And that, uh, you know, what he, one of the things he says in there, maybe I'll, I'll, I'll insert a little clip here uh, after I'm done recording. I mean, he, he says, you know, I'm alive to the end. In a way, in a way, I accuse the creator, if there is one, of making the world as it is. Uh, it's a silly thing uh, to say of to no whether there is a creator or not, uh, you know. Uh, I, I am still of the opinion that there is not a creator, uh, but, uh, but there is something that corresponds to the word creation. I, that's just uh, poor, and it is, I know, but it's the best I can do. Nobody has been able, as far as I know, to uh, give a clear picture of creation. Who is, is it a who, or what, or how, you know. And it's a sad thing to ask me. And in a way, uh, for all the great happenings that have occurred in my life, I, I must say that I have enjoyed it thoroughly. I am thankful to whoever, I have to put it that way, still, there's no other phraseology. I, I have to be grateful for the time spent here. It was wonderful. But I feel that I had a, myself a great deal to do with making it wonderful. Avez-vous le sentiment que tout ce que vous avez osé dans votre vie a porté ses fruits? Uh, yes. yes, I do. It paid back by the, the love of people, I feel. That, that was really all I cared about, to have their love, you know? Not their uh, uh, admiration and uh, uh, how you call it, and all this. Clutter, clutter. <laughs> no, no, no. Just their, their deep love and understanding of me. That was, that's why I wrote so much about me. 
me. It sounds so terrible. And here I am, of my last, uh, my bed, last dying bed. I can't say the word even, dying. Though I know I'm dying, I still resent the word, you know what I mean? I'm alive to the end. So from Henry Miller, I mean, he's he's one of the more inspiring examples of this, I guess. But then there's there's some uh, some people that uh, not so much, you know what I mean? You there's artists and musicians, and you just you see the decline. And of course, you look at you know you got to look at yourself, and this is where I'm you know I'm obsessed most of the time. I'm looking at me. What did I think was going to happen? You know, in my most clear moments when I was most excited about my potential and my future, um, you know, am I to be sort of looked at as a failure, a work in progress? I mean, I don't know because I'm 45 years old and so I'm doing, uh, I'm trying my hand at, at podcasting. I'm still writing and recording music. I mean, I'm, I'm better uh, as a musician than I ever was before, but... I had, you know, I had a sort of a late start and limited talent to begin with, but I certainly haven't accomplished anything. I don't feel like I've dedicated myself to any one creative pursuit in any important way. You know, I'm chipping away at this novel, you know, but again, I mean, it's I've been doing that for 15 years. I haven't actually finished it. Um, yeah, and that's, I guess, part of my obsession. I don't see myself as someone who's really, you know, headed the gong and lived full out. Um, but what do I do with that? I guess that feeling, I mean, so it's, as I'm recording this, it's the turn of the year. It's, uh, let's see, January 5th, 2016. So sometimes with the turn of the year, you start to think about these things and, you know, what am I going to do differently this year? Um, I haven't really made any resolutions because, uh, I feel like I'm, I'm just constantly in that resolution mode, um, if you've been listening to other podcasts, you know about you know my creative work economy and these other systems I have in place to try to motivate myself to to work on my creative projects more. And um, I'm doing okay with that. I'm just trying to imagine. I'm trying to come up with some thought experiment here. Like, so what if what if things were different? What if I had published this book five years ago? Um, what if I had stuck with music and just dedicated myself every day. I got up at five in the morning and was practicing and, you know, I, I recorded a, a bunch of albums and, you know, what if I did those things uh, that I thought were, uh, you know, unreachable? I realized what I thought were, you know, my wildest dreams. And then I still would be 45. I still would have to face aging. I was still again, best case scenario, be an old man and die at some point. Would it really be any different? I mean, does an old man or an old woman uh, look back and just have such a sense of satisfaction for a life well lived that the present reality of pain and loss and decline uh, doesn't sting as much as it would otherwise? I mean, I don't know. Um, And you know, again, thinking realistically. So here I am, I am 45 years old. Do I just say, eh, I had my shot and I, and I didn't, uh, I just didn't step up to the plate. And now, now what? I just fall into a state of resignation and, and, and just 
sort of give up. And of course, I fight that battle within myself too, because a lot of times you, th- you feel silly, especially in the culture that we live in here in America, where we have this youth-obsessed culture in this sense that, you know, aging is something to be ashamed of and older people are basically useless. Um, and so, yeah, you feel silly as a, as a middle-aged guy still talking about things and doing things as if you're in your 20s. You're still thinking in terms of potential. You're still, you know, trying to get better at the guitar and still trying to write songs and still working on that novel and doing these things that, you know, maybe they were cute when you were 25 or endearing, but somehow, you know, it's uh, someone will look at you now and you might look at yourself now and think that's kind of sad now. But of course, I've, you know, I've gone down this road before. I've probably talked about the same exact shit on previous podcast episodes, but, you know, I, I go that, I go down that road a little bit and then I say, fuck that. You know what I mean? I'm not, (laughs) I just, there's no other option. I mean, I can't go back and uh, do anything differently. I can only move forward. And I think, um, I mean, not only move forward, but I mean, to even get more into a cliche, uh, you know, just focus on today and right now. And I'm thinking that's really the whole thing. I mean, you're certainly, since the end of everybody's story is just you die, and you lose everything. Um, it's not about accumulating accomplishments to put on your wall in heaven. I mean, maybe some people believe in that kind of thing, but you know, if you're gonna you're gonna lose it all anyway, and lose yourself and everything that you love, it's not about looking back at everything that you've done and patting yourself on the back. It's doing it. It's the doing of it in the moment that's that makes it worth it, um, and not doing it for your 80-year-old self so that you can not live with regrets. And I think that's a, maybe a mistake uh, that, I've, that I've sort of made to think I need to do this and that for my, for my 80-year-old self so I can look back at my life with no regrets because I might not have an 80-year-old self. Um, I don't know, you know what's going to happen in my life, but I know that when I'm doing these creative things, when I'm actively engaged in podcasting or I'm recording music or I am working on this novel, whether or not I ever finish it, uh, it just changes the quality of uh, my consciousness and my life in the present. My relationships are more animated. Uh, I feel more connected to other people in the world around me when I'm connected to that sort of creative uh, process. And like Glenn Hansard said in the interview that I, I posted on a previous episode, you know, it, he said he was talking about writing in his journal and how that sort of keeps a, a portal open for him. It keeps, uh, it keeps him connected to something to just write in there every day. And then since he's, you know, then has that connection and that portal is open uh, when it comes time to, you know, when a song comes, he's able to dive right in there. Or or even when a moment comes in life uh, with another human being, he's sort of awake to it. And of course, I've discovered this, you know, over and over again in my life, And then, but then I forget it again. 
that when I'm actively engaged uh, in this in these creative pursuits of mine, um, really, the point of it is is just is just that it's the effect that that engagement has on my present state of mind, and that's everything. I mean, that's all we have. We just have the 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 state of our minds and hearts and souls. Um, that's 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 it. I mean, that, what else really is there other than that? So, so one of my favorite musicians is Jeff Mangum, who who uh, played in a band called Neutral Milk Hotel in the uh, late '90s, early 2000s, and he's a very uh, kind of unusual guy um psychologically i mean he didn't seem to really like the fame and being you know in the limelight when his uh band and his records took off and so he did a couple of great albums and then disappeared into obscurity and everybody wanted more from him they wanted that third album and he just sort of disappeared and became a recluse and he resurfaced recently and uh, there he was, you know, a much older guy. I don't know how old, about 40 maybe. And it was weird seeing him and seeing him uh, playing those old songs again. And, I mean, you just always wondered, you know, what became of him. And uh, I still don't really know the answer to that. I mean, I know that he came out of his shell to play some shows. I don't know if he did it for the fans or, he, you know, he needed some money or he did it for himself just to see what it would be like but uh it was definitely weird to see this guy resurface and i don't know if he's what he's doing creatively in the present if he's writing new songs and or maybe he's doing something else creatively it has nothing to do with music but um so i'm only bringing him up as an excuse to uh throw on a cover song that i did uh, a jeff mangum song the song is called april 8th and I just, uh, I don't know, I just think it's a really cool song. It has a very interesting uh, arpeggio that has a dissonant note in there. It's, it's very haunting, and as usual with his music, his, his melody and lyrics are haunting and beautiful. And uh, I added a little twist of my own, both in the second verse. I, I added some harmonies that are not in the original that uh, I thought were pretty cool. And uh, also I added some uh, audio footage of Jeff himself uh, that I found on YouTube or somewhere that I thought just, um, you know, made the whole recording uh, more weird and interesting, which is something I like to do. So I'll leave you with uh, my cover version of April 8th by Jeff Mangum, uh, a.k.a. Neutral Milk Hotel. And uh, I guess that's it for now, and hopefully uh, we'll check in with you all soon. Saw women playing appliances and a, and a hairdresser and a two-year-old boy and uh, I can't really explain why it is that like I have like that I have to you know I, I really honestly love everyone. Crawl across to Go.